It's a pleasure to have you listening to my show today. My sincerest desire is for you to get something from it that will make your life richer, fuller, and safer. My name is Reverend Wynn Henderson. As an ordained Christian minister and a retired medical doctor, I have a dual perspective to bring you content to solve problems in your life. This podcast is the longest-running, single-hosted, spiritually-based radio, internet talk show in America. It's been in the air, on the air for over 20 years. I bring you information about the disease of addiction, your purpose in life, and investigative reporting on truth just below the surface. It's not until relatively recently that we fully understood the mental health condition known as post-traumatic stress syndrome, PTSD. PTSD is more common than most people think. Not all trauma is PTSD, but all PTSD uh, comes from unresolved trauma. Trauma can vary from an unexpected loss to emotional, physical, or sexual abuse and exposure to conditions either voluntarily or involuntarily, that the mind is not equipped to tolerate, including national disasters. Child and adults both suffer from this condition. Most veterans who've been exposed to battle conditions suffer PTSD. My uh, guest today is Dr. Donna Marks. She's been on the program previously, and um, she's an author, consultant, educator, public speaker, licensed psychotherapist, and addictions counselor in private practice in Palm Beach, Florida, for more than 30 years. In 1989, Dr. Marks developed a chemical dependency treatment program at Palm Beach Community College that has since grown into a four-year degree program. She became licensed as a mental health counselor in 1987. In 1989, she earned a doctorate degree in adult education and then became a certified addictions professional, certified gestalt therapist, certified psychoanalyst, hypnotherapist, and certified sex therapist. She has served as a consultant to treatment centers and is co-owner of Addiction Training Center in Davie, Florida, committed to providing education and prevention abroad. Uh, She is the author of the multi-award-winning book, Exit the Maze, One Addiction, One Cause, One Cure, and Learn, Grow, and Forgive, A Path to Spiritual Success. Donna, it's great to have you back on the program again. It's my pleasure to be back on. Thank you. I would uh, tell everybody that you can go back in the archives and uh, search for Donna and or her book title and listen to what she had to say uh, previously on the show. Donna, 
you um, sent me some information the other day about PTSD, and you said that there are three um, different symptom complexes, and let's talk about those. The first is flashbacks. Would you define it and tell me how it relates to PTSD? Well, a flashback is when someone is experiencing something now that isn't happening now, but did happen in the past. And it's the reliving of a traumatic experience. And it's triggered by uh, something that is in the current. Uh, it could be something that reminds you of the past. If someone um, had some type of um, a person who yelled at them or screamed at them a lot, whenever they hear someone yelling or screaming, they might have the same reaction as if it's the past. And so a flashback is when you're reliving that traumatic event, even though it's not happening now. Is that the same as deja vu? No, deja vu is the feeling that you've been here before, um, and uh, you, it's not certain that you have been here before. And it's usually, deja vu is usually more of a pleasurable experience. PTSD is always an unpleasant experience. Do these flashbacks occur while you're sleeping or only while you're awake? Well, the flashbacks are usually referred to as an awaking state, but people have nightmares too, um, but that's a symptom of a PTSD, but not necessarily the same thing as a flashback. Okay, so let's go on to nightmares then. Um, lots of people have nightmares. Are they all PTSD related, or do you have nightmares that are not related to PTSD? They're not all necessarily related, but let's take uh, people who've been in a war. Their nightmares are usually uh, centering on war types of things, and they wake up in that cold sweat and that feeling of horror. Um, if someone's had that type of violence, the, the dreams are usually violent. Um, it's, the, it's the mind's way of trying to purge the past and trying to heal it and get it out of the mind. But um, we tend to not want to experience those feelings because they're so painful and so uncomfortable. But uh, the nightmare is one way that the mind is trying to heal itself. And then the third uh, symptom that you say that you can find as a cause of PTSD is anxiety. Tell us about anxiety. Well, anxiety is this underlying fear that's uh, like a buzz going on um, just under the surface all the time. And people who've suffered trauma, uh, and as, as I um, mentioned in my writing, you know, trauma and, um, and abuse are not the same, and, and not all people who have um, trauma have PTSD, but PTSD is always a sign of trauma. But um, what, what they experience is this underlying anxiety, this fear going on all the time that something bad's going to happen. And people who've been raised in um, violent homes or dysfunctional homes, uh, again, vets, uh, people who've been um, witnessed murders or been raped or you know, even natural disasters that devastated somebody's home or, or family. These are examples of severe conditions which we're not used to having. And so when, when something like that is experienced, 
are, are we're not really equipped to be, you know, in that kind of violence or in that kind of disruption. So our mind um, becomes very hyper vigilant, and we're never really feeling safe. Uh, for example, um, I have a patient who was sexually assaulted, and so she she's always looking over her shoulder. She's always feeling that maybe there's a you know serial rapist around. And uh, she's always looking around and, and just doesn't feel safe. She works her way through it and she lives her life normally, but it's just that underlying feeling all the time that something bad could happen and I have to always be on guard. And that's, you know, that's really, um, that tends to stay there, you know, even when people get help. Uh, we can lessen it for sure, but it, it is in kind of an, a monitor that's on red alert all the time. Would you say that because of the war in Ukraine that most of the children have a high percentage chance of developing PTSD? Absolutely, the children and the adults, definitely, yes, because this is not, you know, their entire lives have been totally disrupted and, um, and they're suffering severe trauma as a result of it. Some um, more than others, but it's all trauma. If you have to leave your homeland and go to, you know, a place you don't know and live in shelters and live with people you don't know, that's extremely traumatic. Or if your apartment building got bombed or you've, you've seen someone, you know, die uh, from, from an invasion into your own country, your own home, that's, you know, certainly traumatic. So these are things that people aren't really, we're not designed to witness that and to experience that. We're, we're supposed to be here to get along and live well together and, you know, play and love and, and get along and help each other not to be killing each other. So it is very traumatic for children and adults as well. Well, another thing is our climate has been changing, and every day you turn on the television and they tell you about tornadoes ripping up communities and homes and, and that kind of stuff another cause of PTSD. Absolutely. Uh, those are the natural conditions that I mentioned earlier. It doesn't necessarily have to be unnatural conditions, and it's just as traumatic because, uh, you know, when you lose something or you experience something so severe as a tornado and, and you see, you witness people dying, you witness damaged property, you, you lose your home or your friends are affected to that extent, it's definitely traumatic. There's no doubt about it. And we see on the news every day, almost every day, that someone has um, become an active shooter in a grocery store or church uh, out on the street and has killed or injured a bunch of people. Another common reason for PTSD symptoms. Absolutely. Anybody that's been close to that or experienced it will suffer those consequences for a long time. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so the, the three symptoms that we went over would be the symptoms that someone would present to a doctor or psychologist or, or any number of healthcare people. And so to make the diagnosis is not that hard, what uh, do you think about treatment options? Well, um, if someone's experiencing flashbacks or nightmares or just a sense of free-floating anxiety and they find that their mind is dwelling on very traumatic 
things without them being, you know, in reality of actually happening. The first thing I want people to feel is that they're not crazy, that something crazy happened to them. And when people can understand that, it's much easier for them to get help. Because a lot of times people suffering from PTSD think that they are crazy, and they're absolutely not. They're simply reliving a crazy situation that happened to them. So um, there's support groups, there's help online, there's therapists. And if you go to a therapist, it should be someone who specializes in trauma and PTSD. Um, You have to be able to, to go deeper into the psychotherapeutic work than just talking about it. Uh, it has to it has to help people to really heal those traumas and to understand uh, the difference between regular depression or anxiety, uh, which may be um, for for lesser causes, and someone who's been through severe trauma. And what role does journaling have in uh, resolving PTSD? Well, the main thing uh, is to be able to uh, experience the feelings so that you can release them because when we don't release a pain, it stays inside of us and and it's you know bound to create more flashbacks, more nightmares, and more anxiety. So the last thing we want to do when we've been traumatized is to relive an experience and feel it, uh, but it needs to happen because the initial trauma Often we just shut down or we disassociate and we don't actually experience it or even ever talk about it. So to be able to do things like journaling or art or therapy or getting into a support group is very, very important because it is important to talk about it, to get it out, and to feel the anger or the pain or the sorrow or the grief or whatever has been kept locked inside. That will really help the process and the healing process to accelerate. Did I miss anything in my questioning, or do you have something that you would like to add to the discussion of PTSD? No, I think you did a really good job at covering the the key points. Uh, I I just want to reassure people, though, that, you know, if you have suffered something that was traumatic for you, please don't minimize it. Please don't say, oh, all the other, all my buddies went through this too. Or, you know, I know lots of kids who've been abused or lots of people have been in natural disasters. Please don't do that. Allow yourself to recognize that you were, you were experiencing a traumatic event. And if you're having these symptoms of PTSD, there's nothing to be ashamed of in getting help. In fact, it's courageous to get some help. And please do. Please do that for yourself and your loved ones. What do you think about the relationship between self-treatment, for example, drinking alcohol, and PTSD? Well, that's not treatment. <laughs> that's medicating your feelings, and that will only make things worse. There's no, there's no amount of alcohol or any type of alcohol that will treat PTSD. Um, it may help you to forget it for the moment, but then it's just you're, you're, you're piling on another set of trauma and potential very unfortunate events on top of already trauma. So it's a way we just re-traumatize ourselves by trying to drink it away or drug it away, and it will not work. Exactly. You remember some time back, I don't remember exactly how, how many years back, but we talked about your book, Exit the Maze, One Addiction, One Cause, One Cure. And I said at that time that of the 
three best books that I've read on the topic of addiction, that this was one of the three, that everybody ought to get it and read it. Can you give us some insight into that book uh, and how it might differ from scads of other books that are out there? Well, thank you, and thank you for mentioning the book, um, Dr. Henderson. And actually, um, I'm very happy to say that the book, which was self-published, has been picked up by a publisher, and it's going to be distributed by Simon Schuster. So right now, the only way they can get a copy of the book is to sign up on my um, on my email, uh, visit my website at www.drdonnamarks.com. And uh, there are a few copies left that I've signed of the original book, but shortly those are going to be done. Um, they've been going pretty fast. But the book is a little bit different in addiction in that I address that this is a, a pandemic problem. This is a huge problem, and not just here in, in the U.S., but in the world. And so many people have become addicted, and they don't even realize that they are. In my opinion, it is the number one health problem and in my opinion, and it's supported by the statistics which I provide in the book, it is the cause of most unnatural illnesses and deaths. Sugar, alcohol, trans fats, and, and uh, tobacco. When they are taken to the point that it causes permanent organ damage, the, this is addiction. This is not normal having an occasional drink or a smoke and, and things like that. This is uh, This happens when people have done something to the extent that they're causing harm to their bodies. And they don't know they're addicted, and their physicians often don't know they're addicted either. So I'm bringing light to this major health uh, problem in, a, in a, a new way. We can't just be talking about alcohol and drugs anymore because what happens is someone comes off of alcohol or drugs and they start eating, or they come off of food and they start drinking, or they come off of cocaine and they start abusing work or sex or you know, it, it just goes on and on and on. So in my book, I say there's really just one addiction. And it has to be treated, but you can't just address that there's one addiction. And you can't even just say that there's an underlying cause, like a lot of treatment centers are starting to do finally, um, and, and addressing the underlying trauma that caused the what I call the invisible hole, um, which we're trying to fill. But people have to have to learn how to love themselves. I believe that every addiction is a substitute for love. We're getting that loving feeling from that behavior, except there's one problem. It's not loving, and it's actually killing ourselves. So once we learn how to replace the addiction with a really loving behavior, then we no longer care about the addiction anymore, and we regain our lives and our mission and purpose. It's a wonderful thing. Back uh, 30-some years ago, I defined addiction in one of my earlier writings that addiction is any behavior that you come to find is hurting you or hurting someone you love, and you can't stop it for whatever reason, then you're addicted to that behavior. That seems to work fine with uh, my clients and if you just ask yourself, am I in that position, in that category, it might make it easier because there's over 30 different kind of addictive behaviors, and it's not just 
drugs, alcohol, and tobacco, and uh, you can you can get hurt, you can die, you can hurt other people because of this behavior, and you need to get therapy for it. I agree with you 100%, and I also might add that I don't think it's most people's fault that they become addicted. Alcohol has a lot of alcohol in it, and and it's very easy to get addicted when there's too much of something. Um, sweets have tons of white processed sugar, which is a highly addictive drug. Nicotine, you know, we know that they were putting things in the cigarettes that made them even more addictive. Now, but I don't think they're doing that anymore, but... You know, things are made to get us addicted to them. And then there's the advertising that goes along with it. So we're being programmed. And then, uh, you know, we're very susceptible. So I just want people to understand if you have become addicted, it's really not your fault that you did. But we are responsible to take care of ourselves and to learn a better way and to learn how to be really genuinely happy without having an addiction. Well, that's uh, great advice. Dr. Donna Marks, um, why don't you tell them how they can get in touch with you or about your website or or something along those lines? Well, they could. Uh, the best place is through my website, which is www.drdonnamarks.com, and they can register. I do a weekly blog, and they would automatically get that. Um, we have Course of Miracles meetings, which is learning how to choose love over fear. And so they could get invited to those meetings. They could get a free copy of the limited amount of books that are left on the original version. And uh, they could also shoot me an email if they have a question. So I'd be very happy to hear from anyone who's interested. Well, that's great. My mission or purpose in life is to spread the message that there is a cure for every addictive behavior. This is a spiritual cure. And the treatment program is profiled in my latest book, Freedom from Addiction 4, The Final Message. If you meet three simple criteria, everyone gets well. I have three free resources where you can start your journey. The first uh, is a link to this podcast, www.freedomfromaddiction.libson.com. Spelling Lipson, L-I-B as in boy, S-Y-N, with no caps and no spaces. The second is a link to the website where you can find out more about my work with addiction, www.revwinhendersonmd.com. And the final resource is my Twitter account. You would search at HugoTheArtist on Twitter.com. There you will find inspirational and educational daily pearls of wisdom and quotes. Donna, thank you again for being on the program today. Thank you so much for having me.